This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. This is John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock. Thanks to Brian Redmond for a lovely, bright and upbeat last two hours on the programme. And congratulations to Margot Kovar in Kilkenny City, the winner of 600 euros in Ireland's easiest quiz. It's a lovely, bright and crisp Saturday morning here in Kilkenny City as we come to the end of February, which it has to be said has been a very challenging month for business and indeed for all sectors of society but as the days are brightening and winter is passing so too there are better days ahead as we slowly gain ground in the battle against the pandemic though there are many challenges ahead we'll be talking to the chief executives of Kilkenny and Carlow Chambers of Commerce about where the business community is at in terms of dealing with the unprecedented challenges posed by the pandemic what lies ahead in the coming weeks and months and what needs to be done. Now, many business people also benefit greatly from having mentors. We'll be talking to a local business about how a mentor has helped them grow, and we'll be hearing from Gabrielle Carroll of Carlow Local Enterprise Office about how they can help source and support a mentor to help your business. Last July, we brought you the story of Fiona O'Neill, who, after she heard an ad on this very station, KCLR, yes, you heard it right, she got an idea for a business. We'll be hearing about how she's getting on and how, if you've got an idea for a social enterprise, you can get help and assistance. But first, joining me on the line is Eamon Quinn, business editor of The Irish Examiner and regular contributor to the programme. Good morning, Eamon. Good morning, John. It's good, good to talk to you on this beautiful spring morning. It is, and it has put a certain pep into the step uh, of people. There are many challenges ahead, but there are room room for optimism as well. Vaccine, the, the, the rollout is gathering pace a bit. Yeah, indeed. And we've all got personal stories across Ireland, North and South, relations being vaccinated uh, over the last two weekends, and that can only spell is only good news and prospects for reopening the economy uh, even though that may be delayed it still is is there the promise is there and confidence is a huge thing in business really isn't it for consumers and for people uh, operating businesses so we really have to get that right we really do, really do. But uh, again, come back to the, the vaccines are being rolled out for the over 80s. Um, the uh, relations of my, my own, Don and Claire, and up in Belfast uh, have been vaccinated, and it is such a relief. It is incredible relief that uh, that uh, people vulnerable of that age group have been vaccinated. And people, it's, can quite, it's quite incredible psychologically. Yeah, yeah, and people can look forward to more and more of that as the months unfold. But business continues, and banking is a very big part of business. Last week we were covering the the pretty much breaking news, I suppose, uh, of Ulster Bank uh, and their planned uh, talk. But more change on the horizon. You've been doing some reporting on that and. And it's really quite serious for business, the whole banking sector and the way it's going at the moment. Well, there is a reckoning. We know 10 years ago that the fallout in the last financial crisis was a multi-year event and it was marked by closures and consolidation 10 years ago. Well, there's more of that and it means it just... Um, 
uh, <laughs> and this beautiful spring morning, it, it, it is basically grim news for mortgage and business customers. The, um, as, we, as, we, as you were saying there, John, Ulster Bank uh, a week ago basically laid out its closure, its, its closure plans for the Republic, and that affects not uh, first, first of all, it, it affects uh, two two thousand eight hundred of its staff. It means the closure, maybe in fairly quick order, of the idiot branches it has across the um, across the republic, and the and then what is spelling actually worse news for what is already dysfunctional and high cost banking market is the carve out of its 20 billion including 15 billion in mortgage loans of its loan books the total loan books across the existing players which only adds to basically strengthens the lead positions the dominant positions of AIB and Bank of Ireland and a plethora huge Huge range of of business figures, um, of uh, of banking experts, analysts, uh, people who are at the hard end of, of mortgage selling. They are predicting uh, over the last week that this will basically mean that the already um, uh, mortgage and uh, lending to small businesses is already among the highest across the eurozone in in Ireland, and this will only lock in those high rates. In other words, there's not going to be any um, after this crisis when small businesses really do need a bit of competition that uh, to to get out of this problem when there's the recovery. Everything from retailers to pubs to all the hard of tourism, all the hard hit areas as we as we know, and there will be a more consolidation in banking is spelled isn't good news as we knew from ten years ago. Uh, mm. But this is a physical. We're taking out the number three player in the republic. Yeah. Now, last week uh, when the news was broken about Ulster Bank, it, the chief executive was saying, "Like, look, this isn't going to be a, a short, sharp thing. This is going to happen very gradually, and so on." People wondering about branches. Uh, they were talking a five-year horizon. Do you think that's realistic? You know, will Ulster Bank in can he still be open in three to five years? Uh, there's some talk that and it's very hard to judge this because the they've guaranteed they they say that they're trying to preserve as many jobs and that those jobs would go say uh, AIBs in in pole position to get four billion of corporate loans um, uh, permanent TSB is lined up to get another big chunk and they seem to be interested in SME loans and in a big chunk of the fifteen billion um, of though of the mortgage those mortgage loans they say those jobs are going to go across with the um with those loans into the new lenders into the existing consulted lenders and the um the, the 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 but the closure of the branches will could be you know it could be fairly rapid because that's a big cost and you think of a business who have decided to, to pull out 
of a, of a of a region well you know what do they look at first is 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 the branch network you know the immediate branches so that could be that could be quite rapid maybe mm. maybe I'm not, I'm not speculating here uh, it could be done in the next next year so uh, within a year um now bank of ireland is next up they're up in uh, they're reporting 2020 figures obviously the covid worst year on monday morning and there are, um, you know, the basic Irish examiners reported that uh, they uh, will rep- they, 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 they will announce up to a hundred bank closures wow. on Monday morning. And the now the 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 bank of the Bank of Ireland's got two hundred fifty seven branches in the Republic. They've got twenty eight in the North. So um, it would be a big chunk of that branch network. It, it would it basically represents significant shrinkage of of its network. Thirty to forty percent, I would would imagine. What what would be the justification for that? Is it the move to online banking? The, the, the move to the online banking, the, um, all the banks are making, uh, I mean, Ulster Bank, uh, uh, its decision to pull out saying that its, its return on capital here was, was ridiculously small and that all the, all the, all the branch, all the banks here have been struggling since 10 years ago because this, the, the, the financial crisis of 10 years ago has not been resolved despite Despite, despite people uh, claiming such, and that they have made very little money, they've struggled with um, with bad loans uh, uh, of ten years ago, of non-performing loans, of those 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 sard loan books having been uh, selling off the, uh, those sard loan books. Despite the economy expanding rapidly from. 2015, the loan books are have continued to shrink of the main banks, and the and there's a not then COVID crisis hits obviously, and there is the uh, we'll hear this week all three main banks that's that's Bank of Ireland's out first on Monday, uh, AIB at the tail of next week, and in the middle is sandwiched uh, permanent TSB. Now, AIB, uh, AIB and Bank of Ireland report between 950 million losses, net losses, or a billion, uh, tweet each, or up to a billion of net losses expected on Monday and Friday, uh, Bank of Ireland and uh, AIB respectively. Yeah. It just shows you the... It's the second crisis, obviously, um, and the banks absorb, but the banks are the first to show this, as well as the airlines, obviously. Uh, they, they, they're obviously picking up the tab for all those uh, bad loans in terms of provisions. They have to make provisions for uh, the, their expected losses coming down the line from this latest crisis. Yeah, well, look, um, an eventful year ahead in banking. We have to leave it there, Eamon. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks so much indeed, John. Thank you. That's Eamon Quinn, who's a business editor with the Irish Examiner, bringing us up to date on a lot of challenges that lie ahead for the business sector and consequently uh, for the banking sector, or the banking sector and consequently the business uh, sector. Uh, Good to talk to Eamon there. Look, we'll be back. We're talking to the chief executives of Carlo and Kilkenny Chambers of Commerce after this. The heart of two counties. KCLR. Casey Lauren D, John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock when Edward Hayden takes the hot seat. Lots more to come on Casey Lauren during the day. Lovely, bright 
Saturday morning uh, all across the country and we can look ahead to spring uh, but it there is no denying the reality that the last number of weeks have been hard on everyone and to say they haven't uh, would be a bit of a denial of reality and particularly the last week I've held, uh, felt it's it's really hit home that uh, people are finding it difficult that a return to normal for business and society won't be as fast as we'd hoped before Christmas when news of the vaccine arrived and hopes were so high that maybe uh, at this time we would have been out of the toughest woods but despite all the difficulties difficulties uh, we are facing and the challenges there is room for positivity as I was saying to Eamon there and as we were discussing COVID case numbers are dropping the vaccine rollout though slow is accelerating and on an even more basic level with the winter evenings giving way to brighter and longer days people will start to feel better as we can get out and about whatever about the dis- restrictions now joining me on the line to discuss where we are and where we're going are Brian O'Farrell uh, Chief Executive of Carlow Chamber of Commerce and John Hurley, Chief Executive of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, John. Yes, uh, start with you, Brian. Um, It's been a very tough number of weeks. How do you think businesses uh, in Carlow are feeling uh, over the last while and this morning? I think, uh, you know, a lot of businesses are feeling quite tough and I know people everywhere are feeling quite tough at the moment. Um, The last couple of weeks in particular, I think I felt the longest uh, through the whole pandemic than any other period. And, um, you know, while we've seen so much great hope with vaccines coming on screen and progress being made, it still feels like um, the light is still quite a bit away out of the tunnel. Um, and I think that there's a lot more that can be done by government. I think, uh, you know, government, they haven't engaged fully with the reality of the situation. They need to look at it you know, in a bit more realistic terms, you know, the statistics and the numbers are very important, but there's a lot of real impacts that they need to look at. And yeah. I know it's been discussed everywhere, mental health away and all that. There it, is a lot more that can be done. It's a human It's a human story. Uh, John Hurley, what, what's your perspective on where we're at uh, in businesses uh, in your area? Yeah, well, certainly uh, I'd reiterate a lot of what Brian has said. Um, the uncertainty that businesses have been dealing with now for 12 months uh, continues to exist, albeit it has shifted a little bit. Sure, there is uh, light at the end of the tunnel, but that light is that tunnel is still quite a long tunnel to to travel through, and we're not very sure either. Nobody's very sure uh, exactly how they're going to manage it. So uh, it is really important uh, that the government, uh, as Ryan has said, you know, grasp this. Um, and the current level of supports, for example, which have been a great help and very welcome, but not enough either. Uh, they become even more inadequate uh, the longer the lockdown continues. So whilst businesses uh, receiving, you know, the supports up to now have been doing their best, and many businesses have been supplementing those supports with their own cash as well, you know, to keep their business premises um, uh, from deteriorating while they're closed down, and indeed they keep their important key staff from going off elsewhere, looking for jobs elsewhere. Um, those cash reserves now are being burnt up completely and those reserves are gone. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so it's pretty bleak for an awful lot of businesses out there still not being allowed to reopen. Brian, um, people talk a lot about communication and they want clarity and so on. What, what do you think um, the business community would like to see in terms of communication about the situation we all find ourselves in? I suppose they want a, uh, a lot more clarity and understanding of the situation. Um, you know, we've 
honestly, it's like as if because of the fact that there's a lot of, I suppose, what we were always used to, sport and everything that's not happening, that there's a lot of shortage of news in the domain. So you seem to have a lot of different uh, ministers in government and different bodies all running out to try and be the first to get out with a piece of news. And it's causing confusion. It's caused um, a lot of chaos in some ways. Um, and and then, you know, it, it loses focus on what we need to be doing. I think what we need to do is look at it and really have a clear message on what we want to do. Um, but also, you know, we can look at uh, starting to reopen some of the businesses and how we can communicate that and, you know, put proper measures in place to support them um, and, you know, to control how they're operating and that as well. Yeah, John, um, you know, huge uh, sectors of the economy are are closed at the moment. I mean, in Kilkenny, tourism and hospitality is, you know, not far off 20% of of the economic activity. That's completely closed. Um, What are people in that area saying to you and, like, how are they looking ahead? Yeah, I mean, they are uh, hurting very, very badly. And uh, they do know, I mean, it's a a business, a type of business that you have to plan ahead, do a lot of forward planning. um, And with the uncertainty levels, that has been next to impossible. Uh, But right now, uh, we still, you you just can't give up. So right now, we need to be uh, planning and preparing and keeping the... A positive story about Kilkenny being a place, a destination for holidays and so on, so that we're ready for when the reopening occurs, but that will be a limited bounce back, I'm sure, because it's scheduled to happen sometime in the summer. Well, you've missed a significant part of your uh, peak period already at that stage, but also um, to be planning for the real resurgence, which will come in 2022 and beyond. So we need to be working now, not just for now, but also for the future, even though that industry and that sector is, is closed down at the moment. The, the work behind the scenes uh, needs to continue to happen and is continuing to do so insofar as they can, but they really need those governmental supports uh, in place in the meantime. Uh, Brian, uh, retail is definitely closed until early April. What's your perspective on on reopening? Uh, you know, it, it's it's on the cards that uh, the current restrictions may extend even further. Well, in one way, I'd hope not, because you know, I think that there's a lot of our retailers that could reopen uh, safely. There's a lot of businesses in retail and across multiple sectors that have done huge work to make sure that their premises and their environments are safe for customers. Um, and I think that we can look at it a lot more objectively. You know, if we look across the spectrum at the moment, there's some retail premises that the people have looked at and go, well, why would they be open? Because they're not essential. Um, you know, but I think there's a lot more we can open. And we can look at it in a different way. For example, if we took a premises like Detail Menswear, you know, on the high street to Kenny, he's uh, also in Carlow as well. If you said the premises of that size uh, with two members of staff, maybe they're allowed to have three customers on site in the store at any given time. And you put restrictions on in place like that to support. Well, then maybe we might be able to look at it in a different way um, that could allow those businesses to reopen, if it was even for shorter hours, because there's a lot of um, necessity in what they provide. Yes, clothing and that as well. But it's also you know, getting people going because it's leading into another problem that we're going to be having, which is confidence. Um, And it's confidence 
in, I suppose, in the business has been able to reopen and them feeling that everything is right, but also in people, because a lot of people, um, you know, there's a lot of people around the country that haven't been out much, if at all, in the last 12 months, and they will still be nervous about it, and it'll be helped kind of continue to restore confidence in them. Yeah, so you're um, kind of suggesting a a kind of a, a redrafting of what reopening looks like, so maybe not full reopening under the previous restrictions, but maybe reopening sooner with even more uh, draconian, I suppose, restrictions on numbers in shops and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, I think that there's a, a lot of ways that we can look at it rather than just open or closed. Um, and we can, you know, and we would hopefully start to allow us to reopen some of these services sooner. Yeah, John Hurley, talking to you during the week, there's another word that has kind of dropped off the news headlines pretty much, but is also impacting uh, on businesses. Brexit, um, it hasn't gone away really, or the impacts haven't gone away. You had some really quite startling insights into the impacts on some businesses locally. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose it's a furtherance of the conversation you've had earlier as well in relation to the banks. All the uncertainty that's out there is making it extremely challenging for businesses. And Brexit, which we spent loads of time talking about over the last couple of years, has happened. Uh, It is in place and it is having a very significant uh, negative effect on how businesses in Ireland uh, continue to trade. Uh, with, you know, uh, the UK, it has become quite a challenge. Uh, I've had various uh, feedback from a wide range of businesses uh, about the difficulties and issues they're uh, dealing with. Uh, I suppose in a nutshell, uh, we here in Ireland, with support from the various governmental organisations as well as uh, the Chambers of Commerce and everybody, we were all getting ready for Brexit and we were taking it very seriously. Uh, And the Irish side has been quite uh, prepared for you know, the changes, the inevitable changes in tariffs and so on and so forth and how you get through ports and so on with goods in either direction. But uh, unfortunately in the UK it would appear that many of the businesses, indeed even big global businesses, seem to be following the general political narrative that Brexit is brilliant and it's going to be grand and don't worry about it at all. And they didn't prepare at all with the result that you see huge delays and extra costs. I was speaking with uh, one uh, business owner who does a lot of exporting It's an Irish business, but he does exporting from the UK to far off parts of the world, Asia, Africa, and so on. Uh, And now his products, because they're coming from the UK, which was part of the EU, they were seen as an EU product. Now there's a question mark over that. So he tried to to reroute one of his his, his, um, uh, products through uh, Ireland. So brought it from the UK to Ireland and then out to Africa or Asia. And... A transit that would normally cost 1,600 euros ended up costing over 4,000 euros. So you can see straight away that that is it's not a simple matter to just say Brexit is fine and uh, on you go. It has very, very significant cost factors involved. Yeah, like, look, this is going to be a story that's going to continue and continue. But Brian, if you had a, 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 a message for the government, um, what would it be at this stage? And we need to look at things and engage um, a lot more with people on the reality of the situations and that as well, um, and look at the positives and what we can do out of it. Um, I think, you know, there is a lot more uh, services that we can look at opening, um, and I think that that would help to get the country back to its full stead as well. Um, And, you know, we need to get the economy moving, and that will also in turn help to keep people's mindset in the right place as well. Yeah, okay. Finally, final word to you, John Hurley, in, in 30 seconds. What, what's your message? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, we need to uh, try and reduce the amount of uncertainty in every way possible. So giving uh, a clearer idea in terms of the expectation, we can see vaccines are having a very positive effect where they've begun to roll out. So that does shift uh, the expectation and government needs to be front and centre uh, and also that the supports that are there need to be increased and they need to be pushed out longer, not just until the end of the summer but until at least the end of the year. Um, it really is a case of if we're in this together then we need the government support as well. Okay, well thank you very much uh, gentlemen. I look forward to catching up with you in the coming weeks and months uh, as this business adventure unfolds. That's uh, Brian O'Farrell, Chief Executive of County Carlow Chamber of Commerce and John Hurley CEO of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you, John. Okay, uh, it's just uh, 25 minutes away from 10 o'clock. Shortly, we're going to be talking about social entrepreneurship. Don't go away. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you in association with O'Neill Foley Accountants. Our website, onf.ie, shows the full range of services we provide to businesses large and small. Good to talk uh, to John and Brian there and to hear about how local business is getting on. All very important that we support local business and just time to tell you about something that we in KCLR are doing. People talk about shopping online and finding out about local businesses. We've put together a website called Shop Carlo Kilkenny and on it you'll find hundreds of local businesses so if you're looking for something in your area you're looking in a particular category or something log on to shopcarlockilkenny.ie and incredibly when I looked at it this morning there were uh, 986 local businesses listed on the site and you can access any of their websites from that so do log on to shopcarlockilkenny.com and get a sense of the wealth of local businesses that are around this fantastic area. Now, last July, we spoke to Fiona O'Neill about her business, Jobs for Family Carers. Fiona is what is now known as a social entrepreneur, and we thought it would be a good idea to check in with Fiona to see how her business is getting on, especially as Social Entrepreneurs Ireland, an organisation which was established to help people like Fiona start and develop their businesses, is looking for people with ideas to take part in a spark session to see how they can develop business ideas to meet social needs. Earlier this week I spoke with Fiona O'Neill from Jobs for for Family Carers and to Hayley Kilgallen from Social Entrepreneurs Ireland. I started by asking Fiona to remind us what her business is all about. So Jobs for Family Carers started through my own journey as a family carer trying to find part-time work. Um, It was actually on KCLR that I heard the job advertisement. Um, It was for 15 hours at the time. And family carers in Ireland who receive a carer's allowance can maximum they can work in a week is 18 and a half hours but a lot of employers don't know that so family carers find it very hard to find part-time work that matches their criteria when it comes to the carers allowance so the 15 hours at the time when I heard it on on the radio with yourselves was ideal for myself as a family carer but that's where the seed got planted as family carers aren't actually being recognised in the workforce but it's again it's the bridge to be gapped between the family carer and the employer because employers don't know that family carers have this criteria mm. so that's kind of where the ball started rolling from and how's it been going since 
Absolutely brilliant. Um, it's been really welcomed by family carers and employers both. Um, so we'll say there's my Facebook page, um, like as it says on the Tain Jodge Family Carers. Um, I've, there's a private group where we have over two and a half thousand family carers coming together, asking about going back to work, asking about their benefits, those who are already in work helping them answering their questions so it's a real support network but about vacancies there as well so it's finding the vacancies across ireland for family carers to be able to to apply for Mm. and but having the conversation with the employer then as well so for example employers who might have 21 hours um advertised for vacancy asking them well if a family carer who applies for the position with the with the qualifications with the commitment with the passion that they see fit right for their team is their flexibility on reducing 21 hours maybe down to the 18 hours mm. and um, we've had a great response about 80% of employers who who we contact come back and say yes if if they meet what we're looking for we'll be flexible on the hours and meet them for the 18 hours fantastic so been, yeah so there's there's a great it's the communication like I said bridging the gap between the two between the family carer and the employer so mm. there's been a huge, a huge welcome to it. Hayley, um, uh, Fiona is an actual social entrepreneur, not something I, I know from speaking the other time to, to uh, Fiona that she was entirely familiar with the whole concept. Just explain to us what are social entrepreneurs in general? Absolutely. Well, I guess social entrepreneurs are society's problem solvers. So, you know, they're ordinary people who see a problem in their society or their community and they have an idea to solve on it, to solve it, uh, and they're looking to act on it. So they're people with courage and ambition and passion for social change and that kind of entrepreneurial drive as well to bring about that social change. Yeah, and we can see from uh, Fiona's story that there was very much a need for, for family carers to be linked with employers and, and vice versa. What other kind of areas uh, are social entrepreneurs active in? So our alumni um, work in a wide variety of areas. Um, some of the most well-known social entrepreneurs who have gone through our programs are the likes of Food Cloud, who I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard of. They might see their, their logo in the supermarket at the weekends when they're doing their shop. Um, and that started as a very small idea between two college students to come up with a solution to uh, solve the food waste. And now it's grown into a, a really well-recognized social enterprise. And since 2013, they have redistributed over 100 million meals across Ireland and the UK. Um, uh, other areas that we're seeing social entrepreneurs come to us with solutions for are you know, the housing crisis and homelessness, um, the environment and the, the climate crisis, um, direct provision and the issues that um, we're seeing that people living in those centres uh, affected by that's become a very strong area of interest in social entrepreneurs and I guess for us we believe that people have, who have that unique insight into the problem are the best ones to solve it so often social entrepreneurs are people who are directly impacted by the problem themselves. Yeah, now Fiona, uh, as you said, you you weren't exactly aware that you fit the fit the um, the description of a social entrepreneur, but you were actually at the coalface. But you did avail of the assistance from Social Entrepreneurs Ireland, and, and you took part, I think, in the Ideas Academy. Tell us the kind of um, help that that gave you, and how did it help you move your project forward? Brilliant! No, absolutely. Even going back to the application process, the the application 
helped me even define what I am doing like some of the questions were about like what problem are you trying to solve and I had to sit down and actually define well, what am I trying to do what am I trying to solve here um, e- even questions about what makes me the person to be able to deliver this and I had to even question myself well what does make me the person to deliver this so even the application process itself it just helped me put a structure to my plan and my next steps because like I said I was doing it very kind of ad hoc but it just gave me the structure to be able to move forward so even if I never even got as far as the academy the application process itself just helped me put a definition behind it so that was a huge thing for me Mm. and Hayley uh, you're you're starting to run another academy in the near future and um, uh, closing date for people who may have an idea is April the 7th tell us about the, the course that people can enlist in and the process that they need to go through obviously as uh, Fiona said there she found even the application very useful absolutely so like I said we're open for applications at the moment until the 7th of April and the Ideas Academy really is for people who are looking to take that first step with their idea so that they can move past the idea to the action phase Um, and we're also open for applications for another program the impact program which may be of interest to people who are a little bit further past the idea stage and they're making they're looking to make the next step so that they can grow their impact Um, so at at both programs we run a variety of training days and supports um, in key areas of importance um, kind of around the, the design of your idea to you know governance and fundraising and strategic planning and leadership um, so you can find out more information about both programs on our website uh, www.socialentrepreneurs.ie Fiona a final word to you you find found it very useful the business is going well presumably even COVID because we know it's difficult for family carers has actually heightened the need for your service Oh, absolutely. And even um, the the way things have changed now with people working from home for family carers, it's a huge thing as well to be able to maybe have part times to be, you know, people that are maybe doing administration work or accountancy, bookkeeping, things like that. And um, there's um, another actual, again, it's a, another social, um, social enter- enterprise, it's Grow Remote that we've linked in with to um again they advocate for employers to look at remote work but there's a course that they do that family carers now uh, we're encouraging family carers to do that just to get used to habits of people being able to work from home and skills and to have that on your cv then when you're actually applying for a job to say that you know i've used my initiative to look at the remote working um side of employment now and so definitely COVID has changed things but even businesses that have maybe had to reduce their hours that don't have the budget for full-time resources um, in the current environment part-time and in family carers to be able to fill those those positions is definitely something that's that come to the forefront with covid fantastic that's good news and a good positive note on which to end it if you've got an idea that you think uh, meets a need in your community why not check out about the ideas academy and the impact program and applications are open until wednesday the 7th of april you have lots of time and you can check it out socialentrepreneurs.ie that's socialentrepreneurs.ie thanks very much to Haley kilgallen who's programs lead for the ideas academy and fiona o'neill from uh, jobs for family carers.ie thank you both very much this morning thank you thank you
The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. 13 minutes away from 10 o'clock and it's great to hear the success uh, that's coming for Fiona O'Neill with Jobs for Family Carers Ireland and good to talk to Hayley Kilgallen from Social Entrepreneurs Ireland as well. Now starting and running a business can be a lonely path and I'm sure anybody who's tried that can tell about that experience Uh, but it always helps to have someone to give advice, uh, act as a sounding board and even at times provide something of a shoulder to cry on when obstacles and setbacks arise because they do indeed that's where mentors come in so we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about mentors on the programme and I'm delighted that joining me on the line to talk about that is Gabrielle Carroll from Carlow Local Enterprise Office and Ronan Murphy from Local Business Vision Green. Good morning, Ronan. Good morning, Gabrielle. Morning, John. Yeah, um, good to have you on the show. Lovely, bright morning. Uh, Ronan, things looking pretty green out the window this morning. Tell us a bit about Vision Green. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Thanks for having us, John. A fantastic morning this morning. Um, Yeah, Vision Green, where we're like nowadays, I suppose the impact uh, companies and businesses have on the environment and societies they operate in is becoming really important. Um, and at Vision Green, we're really passionate about supporting companies to drive positive and sustainable change in their operations. Um, we do that in a number of ways through our products. We provide consultancy and project management services to companies um, where we help map out their carbon footprint and emissions and identify areas for improvement um, and put plans around reducing um, that impact with our clients. Yeah, and um, how's it going for you, Ronan? Yeah, it's going good. Um, we've we've we obviously had a, a challenging year with with COVID, um, but we've during that process we actually we had to pivot a little bit, um, and we actually turned to um, developing a, a, a sustainability reporting platform, which we're really excited about. Um, and we've had some some great help with with local enterprise, Carla local enterprise on that as well. So, but it's been good. Business is good. We're two years trading now, um, and we've we've developed some really uh, good products and services, including obviously the consultancy, and we have a logistics service, green transport solutions, um, using gas powered trucks that help deliver um, reduced emissions for our clients as well. So, been exciting. Um, it's been challenging, and obviously, as you say. You do need help along the way. Yeah, and we'll get into that uh, in a minute, but let's, uh, and I'll talk to you some more about your business. Uh, Gabrielle, just explain to me the concept of of a a business mentor and how you operate that with the local enterprise offices. Well, John, um, the mentoring program that uh, we have with the local enterprise offices, um, and it's available in each of, would be available obviously in Kilkenny as well, and it's designed really to match the knowledge, skills, and skills, I suppose, of experienced business people with small business owners or managers who may need, uh, I suppose, some practical advice, strategic one-to-one support and guidance. And really, I suppose a mentor, as you said earlier, is like uh, a sounding board, gives independent, uh, informed advice, helps really in the decision-making of the businesses. So it really comes into its own, I suppose, when Rona... Uh, maybe at the stages that Ronan is talking at, um, when you're started up, you're in business, you're trading, and, and you're faced with a lot of different decisions, I suppose, that you need to uh, need to make and how to grow and, and stretch your business. Um, and often, as you said, it can be a lonely um, place talking to yourself and listening to the thoughts that are in your own head. So really, those experienced business people are invaluable at that stage. 
Yeah, um, a very interesting concept and great to hear that you can get support with that. We're going to take a a quick break and we'll be back uh, talking more to Gabrielle and Ronan about mentors and the whole experience in particular of one local company. Don't go away. KCLR, the heart of two counties. John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock uh, on the bottom line, the programme for and about business. We're talking about mentors. On the line is Gabrielle Carroll, business advisor with Carlo Local Enterprise Office and Ronan Murphy of Vision Green Consultancy. Ronan, um, you've used a mentor throughout your business journey. Tell us about that and how it's helped you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, We've, from the, the very... I suppose outside of the business, we were we were we were linked in with the the LEO office in Carlo with, with Pauline Hochter and um, subsequently our mentor um, Paulie Brody, um, who um, from the very start, you know, it's been, it was a fantastic resource to be able to tap into um, on a number of levels. I think from obviously applications and grant um, support and how you go about that, um, and obviously then obviously just the personal touch. I think as well having people who've uh, been there and done that and the experience which Parik has um, in terms of his business to be able to turn to somebody um, when you need advice um, is, is just fantastic to have that I think there's probably at times where I was able to pick up the phone and ring Parik late in the evening if I had a query and he'd, he'd be happy to take the call and give you advice um, and it's not always I suppose it's sometimes it's advice that necessarily you, you feel you might not need to hear but then when you're reflecting that you do because it, it gets you thinking differently um, you may feel you're going the right way with your business, but a different perspective always helps. Um, and we've found it an invaluable support, to be honest with you. And would you have used it uh, during the pandemic when, you know, the shock of everything changing landed on your desk? We did. We did. We actually, we, we, we ended up working and getting a, um, a, a trading online kind of grant support with the guys to move improve our website as well, which um, they were really helpful with. And then, one of our new, we, we, we we're currently developing a new product um, in line with the LEO, and we're doing a feasibility study. So Porig, um, again, was was there um, to support us with the application and give us advice on on putting that forward, and just in general about around the concept. Um, and we're still in touch, and we, we we'll be we in touch in the in the near future again around that. So it's been really really valuable, um, and I'd I'd highly recommend it to, to anybody who's who's looking to start out as a first part of call. It was it was ours. You know, initially. Yeah, and Gabrielle, um, how do you go about um, matching a mentor with the business? Is there a bit of the old uh, Tinder about? Or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't used that uh, yet, but uh, there's an idea. Can I get a grant? <laughs> <laughs> certainly, John. Certainly. Well, I suppose what it is actually um, in the last year, you know, we would have seen particularly um, with COVID that you know businesses need to react differently, and that. So we've recently. Um, put together a new panel of mentors. So at the end of March, we are launching um, a, pan- a new panel of mentors, some of the old stalwarts that are there and helping us, and new people as well. Um, and so there'll be over 40, um, a panel of over 40 mentors uh, available in Carlo. Um, and how you go about um, uh, applying for that is, it will be an online application, very brief. Um, you'll, uh, it'll all be on our website, localenterpriseoffice.ie forward slash Carlo. 
And if you go in there under mentoring, um, you'll be able to uh, fill out the form and we'll get back to you then. So really what we look at is um, uh, the first at first point of port of call, I suppose, is that we'll have a conversation with you. Some businesses will know, some will be new to us, um, and we'll get a feel for what, are they, what stage you're at and what exactly uh, you need, what you think you need and that. And then we match up with the skills base that we have on the panel of mentors. Great. Uh, Ronan, final word to you, and we've got about 60 seconds left, but if you were to, um, you know, every many businesses are talking about, yeah, I must be more sustainable and I must get my kind of, uh, must be more environmentally friendly. How can your company help them? We can, I suppose, probably in a, in a 60 second snapshot, like we, we'll help you identify the areas where you can improve um, and then we'll tailor products and services and solutions to, to help you mitigate and increase or decrease your impact on the environment. So we've, we, we help you tell the story as well, um, you know, so understanding first and foremost where you're having an impact um, is a challenge we find companies probably didn't really um, focus on um, initially and then when, once you know exactly the line in the sand, um, you can get plans around moving that forward. Um, and that's exactly what Vision Green can do. Um, we're about driving sustainable change and, and positive impact. And we've had success in that today with some really big clients. Um, and we hope to, to continue doing that. Yeah, great. Well, look, uh, Ronan, best of luck uh, with Vision Green Consultancy. And we look forward to keeping in touch with your development over the months. And uh, thank you very much, Gabrielle, for joining us next week. Of course, Local Enterprise Week all across the 31 local enterprise offices and uh, events are taking place virtually from this Monday until next Friday. Thank you very much, Gabrielle and Ronan. Good morning. Thanks, John. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, folks, uh, have a good morning now. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week on The Bottom Line. Uh, and do uh, check out all our stuff online. We've launched a new newsletter, so uh, I'd love if you'd check that out. If you have any comments or ideas you'd love to get to us, you can email the bottom line at kclaura96fm.com or if you'd like to listen back to the show or any episode of The Bottom Line, just search for The Bottom Line on KCLR on the Apple Store, Google Play or Spotify. Thanks to all our guests pack show this week Eamon Quinn Brian O'Farrell John Hurley Hayley Kilgallen Fiona O'Neill Gabrielle Carroll and Rona Murphy who you heard there thanks a million to Deirdre Drummy who produces the programme thanks to you most of all for listening do hold firm uh, things are going to get better uh, brighter days are ahead vaccines are being rolled out and although it's very difficult and very hard for people there are lots of supports out there and stay tuned to Casey Law we'll keep you posted about the support but we'll also be with you every step of the way. We're going to leave you now. Don't forget Edward Hayden up next. Thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a good week. Stay safe and hold firm. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you in association with O'Neill Foley Accountants. Our website, onf.ie, shows the full range of services we provide to businesses large and small.